0: It's Monday, November the 16th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by Raytheon Technologies. Coming up, Johnson's self-isolation and Asia's big trade pact. First, the world in brief. Boris Johnson went into self-isolation after attending a meeting with an MP infected with COVID-19. Britain's Prime Minister suffered a life-threatening bout of the disease earlier this year. Meanwhile, Germany's Finance Minister warned of four to five months of severe measures to slow the spread of the virus, and Austria announced a strict lockdown. The news was equally gloomy across the pond. America reported its 11 millionth case, while Mexico passed one million confirmed infections, with a death toll approaching 100,000. The 10 members of the Association of Southeast Asian Nations plus Australia, China, Japan, New Zealand and South Korea signed a trade pact. The Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership will create the world's biggest trading bloc and cover almost a third of the world's GDP. The group, which excludes America, will boost China's influence in the region. Manuel Marino, Peru's interim president, resigned less than a week after taking the job. Protests against his administration in which demonstrators clashed with police left two people dead and several more injured over the weekend. Mr. Marino, previously the Speaker of Congress, took over after Martin Vizcarra was forced out over bribery allegations, which he denies. President Donald Trump acknowledged Joe Biden's election victory for the first time, but continued to insist that the contest was rigged. He later tweeted, I concede nothing. Mr. Trump is pursuing various legal challenges to the way votes were counted. None is expected to succeed. Over the weekend, thousands of Mr. Trump's supporters protested against the result in Washington. The conflict between Ethiopia's government and the northern region of Tigray crossed international lines. Tigray's leader confirmed that his forces had fired missiles at Asmara, the capital of Eritrea, and accused the neighboring country of having sent troops across the border. Ethiopia's Prime Minister Abe Ahmed sent Ethiopia's army into Tigray after it held elections in defiance of his government. Armenia's security services claim to have prevented a coup and an assassination attempt on the Prime Minister, Nikol Pashinyan. Officials including the former head of the security services and a former Republican Party parliamentarian have been arrested in relation to the plot. Protesters have called for Mr Pashinyan's resignation after he ceded territory to Azerbaijan as part of a peace deal over Nagorno-Karabakh last week. And SpaceX launched four astronauts into orbit aboard a capsule bound for the International Space Station. It is the first time that NASA, America's space agency, has farmed out such work to a private company. Elon Musk, the impresario behind SpaceX, expects to be watching the resilience dock at the ISS from self-isolation. He seems to have caught COVID-19. And now, here's today's agenda. Sin of Omission America's Non-Transition America has an unusually long presidential transition period, two and a half months between election and inauguration. That usually allows the huge federal bureaucracy to be handed over to the president-elect in stages. This year's nearly unprecedented non-transition comes at a dangerous time. Donald Trump continues to insist that Joe Biden stole the election, even as his lawsuits to overturn the vote count in various states are thrown out or dropped for lack of evidence. America faces its third and worst yet wave in the COVID-19 pandemic, with 160,000 new cases and 1,200 deaths on Saturday alone. Mr Biden is urging Americans to take the virus seriously, but he is having to plan his own response to the pandemic in informal conversations with state governors and medical experts. And disputes about the election risk fueling partisanship over public health. Already, 33% of Republicans tell pollsters that they would not take a coronavirus vaccine when it becomes available, compared with 18% of Democrats. Making Small Talk Pompeo in Paris When Mike Pompeo, America's Secretary of State, arrives at the Elysee Palace today, it will mark a strange diplomatic meeting. Mr Pompeo is beginning a seven-country tour that will also take him to Turkey, Georgia, Israel, the United Arab Emirates, Qatar and Saudi Arabia. Fresh from saying that there would be a smooth transition to a second Trump administration, Mr. Pompeo will meet the French President Emmanuel Macron, who, like other European leaders, has congratulated Joe Biden on his election. The pair will discuss COVID-19, counterterrorism, and other security issues. Mr. Macron has been arguing that Europeans need to build up strategic autonomy to reduce their dependence on America. This is less a form of neo-Gaulism than his response to a rising China and America disengagement and instability in Europe's backyard. Mr. Macron may find, however, that the time to argue the merits of European sovereignty is not at today's meeting, but after America's presidential inauguration in January. Warm reception, The world's biggest trade deal. The 15 Asian countries that on Sunday signed the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership in a virtual ceremony hosted from Hanoi broke some records. RCEP is the world's largest plurilateral trade agreement, covering about 30% of the world's population, trade and GDP, even though a 16th putative member, India, withdrew a year ago. It joins up free trade agreements between the 10-member association of Southeast Asian nations and other Asia-Pacific countries, Australia, China, Japan, New Zealand and South Korea. Its terms are unambitious, constituting no dramatic liberalisation of regional trade. But mid-pandemic, RCEP is a boost to the global economy as well as to the standing of ASEAN. The big winner is China. It can present itself as committed to trade liberalisation at a time when America is still pursuing a trade war and seems relatively disengaged from the region. China, meanwhile, is expanding its economic, political and strategic influence across Asia. Business Interrupted? Insurance Giants v Small Firms Insurers' business models assume that most of their customers will not be simultaneously struck by calamity. Unfortunately for those offering business interruption policies, COVID-19 has proved that assumption wrong. Many British small firms facing ruin due to months-long lockdowns have sought compensation under their policies. Insurers have resisted, claiming that disruptions caused by the pandemic do not necessarily qualify for a payout. A test case launched on behalf of small businesses by the Financial Conduct Authority and Industry Watchdog has worked its way to Britain's Supreme Court, which will hear arguments today. A favourable ruling could provide a lifeline for almost 400,000 policyholders as they struggle with lockdown closures. But if previous rulings are any guide, insurers and the businesses they cover may end up sharing the pain. A lower court found in September that many, but not all, policies at issue should cover pandemic-induced shutdowns. Better, but not well. Japan's economy. Japan's economic growth figures for the third quarter released today registered a recovery after three quarters of contraction. The country's downturn began with a decline in GDP of 7.1% at an annualised rate at the end of 2019, following a consumption tax hike. It reached a record 21.8% annualised drop in the second quarter of this year amid COVID 19 restrictions. Economists were pleasantly surprised to clock growth at more than 21% today, a big rebound, though not enough to recover past losses. Spending has picked up, as have exports and corporate sentiment. But firms are still hesitant to invest. Japan's Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga has called for a third stimulus package, probably worth between 10 trillion yen and 15 trillion yen, $96 billion to $143 billion. Critics fret that the emphasis on the economy, in particular a campaign to promote domestic travel, has put public health at risk. The country's daily tally of new Covid-19 cases hit 1,694 today, low by international standards, but a new high for Japan. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Milton Friedman, who passed away on this day in 2006. I say thank God for government waste. If government is doing bad things, it's only the waste that prevents the harm from being greater. That's it from The Economist morning briefing available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast.